Well, good morning, folks, and uh, welcome to Lavington Baptist Church. Those that are here, those that are online, uh, we welcome you in our Saviour's precious and worthy name. Now, before we start, let's ask the Lord's blessing in prayer. Let's pray. Our gracious God and our loving Heavenly Father, again we give thee thanks for this Lord's Day, for surely we will rejoice and be glad in it. We thank thee, Father, that we're found in thy house. And Father, we just pray that each and every one of us might be built up in our most holy faith, that the speaker might be hid behind the cross, and that no man might be seen save Jesus only. Father, you've told us in your word to call unto you, and you will answer us and show us great many things which we have not known. And so, Father, today we do pray that as the word goes forth, May it be that you would make bear your arm and bless us and encourage us and just be a blessing to us through your word. And as we leave this place, may we be able to say, it was good for us to be here. For here we met with the Lord and was blessed. To this end undertake, we'll be careful to give you the praise and the glory in our Savior's precious and worthy name. Amen. <clears throat> Pastor Jekyll intimated, uh, recently Pastor Jekyll has been speaking on the names and the attributes of God. Uh, we saw that he is omnipotent, all-powerful. We saw that he is omniscient, all-knowing. We saw that he's omnipresent, everywhere present. So we've been looking at some of the names and some of the attributes of God. And not that long ago, I also spoke on some of the names associated with our God in the Old Testament. El Shaddai, Elohim, Yahweh, Jehovah Shammah, El, Jehovah said can you and so on. Today we're going to continue that theme. And Pastor Jiggles asked me to speak on the names of Jesus in the New Testament. Those names which are identified with our Lord Jesus Christ. And so there's been a theme the attributes of God, the names of God, and so forth. And today we're going to look at the names that the Lord was known by. I've spoken on a similar subject many years ago, but I have expanded quite a bit on that subject, and I've been studying it over and over. And today's message is called Beholding Christ. Beholding Christ. And I pray that each and every one of us might behold him. And time permitting, we will look at several names our Savior was known by. And folks, each name, each one of these names has meaning behind it. And they're not there in the Word of God just to fill a gap. <laughs> okay, the first five names we're going to look at, or the first set of five names, associate Him, the Lord Jesus Christ, with the first person of the Godhead, which is the Father. They are the Son of God, the Son of the Father, the Son of the Highest, the Son of the Blessed, and the Son of His love. Then there are three <clears throat> that connect Him with His earthly parents, the Son of Mary, the Son of Joseph, the Son of of the carpenter. And the last three titles or 
names our Lord was known by, uh, which connect him to the earth and the coming kingdom. He is the son of David. He is the son of Abraham. He is the son of man. Now, obviously, <laughs> I can only spend a few moments on each of these names, otherwise there'll be no MBF for you, so uh, we better take care and go through them fairly quickly. But hopefully, it will enthuse you to read and study and look further into these names. Now, before we look at the names, <laughs> a little bit of a bunny trail. I just want to highlight that our, our Lord was known by a multitude of names. The Lamb of God. Wonderful. The Mighty God. Our Righteousness. Prince of Peace. In fact, he was known by at least 100 names throughout Scripture. Check me out on that. Okay? He was known by at least 100 names throughout Scripture. But one of the more obscure names is the branch. The branch. And I've been studying that over the last couple of weeks. And I just want to highlight a couple of things to you very quickly. Okay, in Jeremiah 33 and verse 15, it says, In those days and at that time I will cause the branch of righteousness to grow up unto David, and he shall execute judgment and righteousness in the land. And so without going into a lot of detail, here we have the branch associated with David the king, which equates to the Gospel of Matthew, because Matthew speaks of Christ as king. Then in Zechariah chapter 3 and verse 8, this will be worth preaching one day, Zechariah chapter 3 and verse 8 it says, Behold, I will send forth my servant, the branch. And here the branch is likened on to the servant. And that equates to the gospel of Mark. Because Mark represents Christ as the servant. Then in Zechariah chapter twelve or chapter six and verse twelve, it says, Behold the man whose name is the branch. And this name corresponds to the gospel of Luke. Because Luke being a doctor represents Christ as man, humanity. He was a man. And then when you go into Isaiah chapter 4 and verse 2, it says, In that day shall the branch of the Lord be beautiful and glorious. And this is looking to a time future, of course. This is speaking of his future glory in his deity. And again, this is pictured in one of the Gospels. Of course, it's John. John speaks of the Lord as God and deity. So Jeremiah speaks of the branch as king, Matthew. Zechariah speaks of the branch as servant, Mark. Zechariah speaks of the branch as man, Luke. Isaiah speaks of the branch as God, the Gospel of John. Folks, <laughs> what, 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 a, what a blessed and glorious book we have. Speaking of a glorious person who is our Lord Jesus Christ. And as I said earlier, each title, each name given to our Lord has a meaning behind it. Folks, these names, as I said, are not there to fill a gap. Uh, they're not there, uh, not just any old word uh, to complete a sentence. 
This is God's word. And every jot and tittle as originally given is inspired. And each title and each name is worthy of our consideration. It's worthy of our prayerful meditation. 2,000 years ago, God gave us his son. Isaiah chapter 9 verse 6, as has been read, For unto us a child is born, Jesus Christ. Unto us a son is given. You see, the son is given because he always was. But the child was born. Now over the years we have studied and looked at many prophecies in this church and throughout our churches relating to God sending his son. And today we will look at the fruition of those prophecies or the realization, if you like, or the fulfillment, if that sounds better. It's important to lay the foundation properly so that we can understand the names of Christ. Let's look at the first name, which is the Son of God. Luke in chapter 1 verse 35 says, Therefore also that holy thing which shall be born of thee shall be called the Son of God. Mark chapter 1 and verse 1 says very similar, the beginning of the gospel of Jesus, the Son of God. And so right away we see that Mark and Luke highlight that Jesus is the Son of God. But not only is he the Son of God, he is God the Son. Forty-six times in the New Testament, he's called the Son of God. But this title is not unique to Christ alone. And yet it is unique to Christ. Let me explain. Others throughout the Bible are called sons of God. And of course that's plural. Whereas when spoken of him... It's singular, but, and there's always a but, isn't there? But there is another singular. Please turn to the Gospel of Luke, chapter 3. The Gospel of Luke, chapter 3, and verse 38. Now, we're not going to rush this dirty, so therefore we hopefully will get through it this morning, but uh, I don't want to rush it. So, Luke, chapter 3, and verse 38 says which was the son of Enos, which was the son of Seth, which was the son of Adam, which was the son of God. So Adam is the son of God. Singular. The first Adam, son of God. Christ, the second Adam, son of God. The first Adam failed. The second Adam said, finished. The first Adam sinned and the whole world was plunged into sin. The second Adam sacrificed and saved the world from sin. So the son of God. Adam is called the son of God. 
If you want to read the genealogy, read from verse 23 onwards. It begins the genealogy of our Lord Jesus Christ. And then in verse 38 it says, Adam was the son of God. And so Christ's lineage through Mary and Joseph goes right back to Adam who was created. Then again, all those who are born again. That's you and I. Those who have accepted Jesus Christ as Savior, all those who are born again are called the sons of God. Romans 8, 14 says, For as many as are led by the Spirit of God, they are the sons of God. Now what a blessing it is to be called sons of God. And the only way this can happen is by repenting and believing. What must I do to be saved? What must I do to become a son of God, as it were? Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ, and thou shalt be saved. That if thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus, and believe in thine heart that God has raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. It's the only way to become one of the sons of God, as it were. So Adam was the son of God. Born again believers are sons of God. Angels are called sons of God. Now we'll not turn to it, but in Job chapter 2 and verse 1 it says, Again, so it happened before, okay? Again, there was a day when the sons of God came to present themselves before the Lord, and Satan came also among them. So this is after Lucifer's fall. Lucifer became Satan. I'll explain more about that tonight. Before, and Satan came also among them to present himself before the Lord. But we're just highlighting here, again there was a day when the sons of God came to present themselves. Then in Job 38 and verse 7, When the morning stars sang together, and all the sons of God shouted for joy. And there's a differentiation here. The morning stars are different from the sons of God. Because the word and explains that. You see, the sons of God, it says all the sons of God. All means all, and that's all, all means. When the morning stars sang together, and all the sons of God shouted for joy. They're also mentioned in Genesis chapter 6. Now we need to turn there just to get the gist of it. Genesis chapter 6, and verses 2 and 4. I'll read from verse 1. And it came to pass, when men men began to multiply on the face of the earth, and daughters were born unto them, that the sons of God saw the daughters of men, that they were fair, and they took them wives of all which they chose. Some would have us believe that they were the offspring of Seth. That's not right. In verse 4, there were giants in the earth in those days. And also after that, when the sons of God came in unto the daughters of men, and they bare children to them, the same became mighty men which were of old, men of renown, giants, Nephilim, and so forth. And then when you go to the book of Jude, please go to the book of Jude, just before Revelation, and verses 6 and 7, it says this. And the angels which kept not their first estate, but left their own habitation, he hath reserved in everlasting chains under darkness unto the judgment of the great day. Even as Sodom and Gomorrah, 
And the cities about them in like manner, giving themselves over to fornication and going after strange flesh, are set forth for an example, suffering the vengeance of eternal fire. I haven't got time to go into all that, but the sons of God are mentioned in many places in the scripture, and they are angels. So the angels are called the sons of God. So the question then arises. How then is our Lord the Son of God uniquely? In some aspects the answer is quite simple yet very profound. Adam and the angels are sons by creation. We who believe in our Lord Jesus Christ are sons by adoption. Therefore they are no more a servant but a son. And if a son then an heir of God through Christ. We are sons by adoption. But our Lord, he whom we love, is son, neither by creation nor adoption, but he is the son of God eternally. He is the only begotten son with a sonship which is exclusively his alone. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. Isaiah 9, 6 again. A child is born and a son is given. He is the Son of God. Always was the Son of God. Never ceased to be the Son of God. Always will be the Son of God. So, our Lord is known as the Son of God. Next we look at the Son of the Father. 2 John verse 3. Now only once in scripture is this beautiful and intimate title used. Son of the Father. Remember 46 times the Son of God is used. Only once. Son of the Father. 2 John verse 3 says, Grace be with you. Mercy and peace from God the Father and from our Lord Jesus Christ, the Son of the Father. The Son of, only once, the Son of the Father. Now God the Father did not <laughs> record in Scripture that Adam was the Son of the Father. Neither did the angels or neither are the angels described in this way. And not even born again believers are called by this intimate title. This title, Son of the Father, is a very tender description given to the one who ever dwells in the bosom of the Father. It portrays the sacred intimate relationship between the Father and the Son. Isaiah 42 and verse 1 says, Behold my servant in whom my soul delighteth. The Lord was loved by the Father. The very one who was ever with him from eternity past, face to face in a holy fellowship of love. As implied again in John's Gospel, chapter 1 and verse 1, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. Then the same was in the beginning with God. Then if you get down to verse 14, it says, and the Word was made flesh and dwelt among us. Again, it says in John 17, 24, For thou lovest me 
before the foundation of the world. So there's no doubt about the love of the Father. He was the son of the Father. Folks, we cannot begin to understand the holy union between the Father and the Son. But we know that God loved us so much. He sent his Son, whom he loved, whom he delighted in, to die for us. Hard to understand, isn't it? That God the Father, from eternity past with God the Son, Loved us so much that he sent his son to the sin-cursed world to die for us. He's called the son of God. He's called the son of the father. The third title we look at is the son of the highest. Now this title again is unique to our Lord Jesus Christ. And again it's only found once in scripture. Luke chapter 1 and verse 32. Well, let's read that. Luke chapter 1 and verse 32. He shall be great and shall be called the Son of the Highest. And the Lord God shall give unto him the throne of his father David. The Son of the Highest. It was used by Gabriel in his message to Mary. Concerning this miraculous birth that was going to take place. This miraculous conception of her son, our Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ. The promised Messiah. Luke chapter 132. He shall be great and shall be called the son of the highest. The power of the highest would overshadow Mary. To bring about the virgin birth of our Lord Jesus Christ. Truly was a miracle. This birth fulfilled many of the Old Testament prophecies of Christ's coming. Uh, look, we know them. Isaiah 7, verse 14 Behold, a virgin will conceive and bear a son, and shall call his name Emmanuel. And there's many more. Now, John the Baptist, son of Zacharias and Elizabeth, who was the forerunner of Christ, would be known as the prophet of of the highest. Luke chapter 1 verse 76. And when the angels finally announced that Christ had come, they said, glory to God in the highest. So God is in the highest. And in Luke 1 32, our Lord Jesus Christ is called the Son of the highest. Son of God in the highest. And all this reminds me, hopefully reminds us, of the book of Daniel. <laughs> A little bit of a bunny trail again. When God referred to, uh, in chapter 4, 17, as the Most High. Also in verse 24, 25, and 32. And in verse 34 it says, And, this is in Daniel chapter 4, verse 34 it says, And at the end of the days I, Nebuchadnezzar, remember he was condemned to the field. He suffered leantrophy. He became animal-like in his deportment. And at the end of the days, I, Nebuchadnezzar, lifted up mine eyes unto heaven, and mine understanding returned unto me, and I blessed the Most High, the Most High. So our Lord was known as the Son of God, 
the son of the father, the son of the highest. Now we look at the fourth name, which links him to the father. It's the son of the blessed. Uh, this is another title only found once in our Bible. Mark chapter 14 and verse 61. Now, I will need to explain a couple of things to you. But Mark chapter 14 verse 61 says, But he held his peace and answered nothing. Again the high priest asked him and said unto him, Art thou the Christ, the Son of the Blessed? Now in relation to the word blessed, there are two Greek words. Now I'm not a Greek scholar, but there are two Greek words translated into the word blessed. They're quite different in their meaning. W.E. Vine and Strong, <laughs> Strong's Concordance, was very helpful in this. The first Greek word is makarios, which means to be counted happy. And the word is used several times in the Beatitudes in Matthew chapter 5 and 6. Blessed are those, happy are those. The second Greek word is eulogia, eulogia, and it means to speak well of. And that is the word we get our English word eulogy from. And when one gives a eulogy at a funeral, they usually speak well of the departed. And it's this word that the high priest uses when he said, Are you the son of the blessed or, or the well spoken of? Now let's be reminded, folks. Sometimes I find it hard to go through these things. But let's be reminded our Lord was led away to the high priest. And now our Lord stood silently and patiently and he allowed wicked men to have their way with him. They railed on him. They buffeted him. They spat upon him. They mocked him. They slandered him. They blasphemed his name. And they brought false accusations against him. And in Mark 14.65 it tells us that some began to spit on him. Then the high priest asked the question. Art thou the son of the blessed? Are you the one, the son of the, the well-spoken one? Look at you. Whipped. Beaten. Spittle running down your face and so forth. Are you really the son of the blessed? The well-spoken of? And our Lord did not disagree with this name. In fact, in verse 62, he says, I am. And folks, he is the son of the blessed. And folks, men and women can do as they will. They can slander him. They can blaspheme his name. They can curse his name or even, as it were, spit in his face. But our Lord is a son of the blessed. A son is given. A son of God. Son of the Father. Son of the Hast. Son of the Blessed. Now in the next passage he's called his dear son. He was dear to his father. So I've called this the son of his love. Colossians 1 verse 13. Who hath delivered us from the power of darkness and hath translated us into the kingdom of his dear son. This is my beloved son in whom I am well pleased. 
Did you know that you've been translated? That we have been translated? That he has translated us into the kingdom of his dear son? Did you know that you have been translated from darkness into light? Delivered from the power of darkness? Now like previous names, this title only occurs once in our King James Version. And it's unique to our Lord Jesus Christ. And of course, our Lord has forever been the affection and subject of the Father's love. The Father has always loved the Son and will love the Son into eternity future and continually loves him in the forever present. Now Abraham was a great type of the Father in the Old Testament and Isaac was a type of Christ. And in prophetical terms, God said, Take now thy son, thine only son Isaac, whom thou lovest, and offer him there for a burnt offering. Whom thou lovest, offered by the Father as a sacrifice. This is the first mention of love in the Bible. When Abraham was told by God, Take thy son Isaac, whom thou lovest. We'll not go into it, but the second mention of love is whenever Isaac brought Rebekah into his tent and he loved her. The love of the son for the bride. Wonderful book we have here. So in John 3, 35 it says, The father loveth the son. In John 5, 20 it says, For the father loveth the son. So there is no doubt. There should not be any doubt in our minds that the Father loves the Son. Son of God. Son of the Father. Son of the Highest. Son of the Blessed. Son of His love. All names associated with the Father and with heaven above. Now we look at three titles or three names given to the Son, our Lord Jesus Christ, which associate Him to His earthly parents. His earthly parents. The son of Mary. In Mark chapter 6 and verse 3. We'll maybe read that. Mark chapter 6 and verse 3. It says this. Is not this the carpenter? The son of Mary. And so here he is known as the son of Mary. By his birth was the fulfillment of many Old Testament prophecies as I said before and in the New Testament we see the fulfillment of these prophecies not only in Mark chapter 6 and verse 3 which we've just read but also in Matthew 1 21 Luke 1 31 Luke 2 48 Matthew 1 18 Matthew 13 55 lots of scriptures Mark 6 verse 3 is not this the carpenter the son of Mary and folks, that the Son of God, that the Son of the Father should become the Son of Mary is wondrous grace indeed. That God would choose a human vessel for the incarnation of his Son is beyond human comprehension. The eternal 
would be born into time. The omnipotent allows himself to become dependent. He became the infant of days, yet he never ceased to be the ancient of days. As he was sustained by Mary, his mother, he never stopped being the sustainer of the whole world. He came from the glories of heaven, was born into humble circumstances and relative poverty to a Hebrew maiden. What love. What grace. What condescension <laughs> that the Son of God would become the Son of Mary. Next we look at Son of Joseph. In John chapter 145 it says, Jesus of Nazareth, the son of Joseph. In Luke chapter 4 verse 22, is not this Joseph's son? Joseph, as we know, had no part in the Savior's birth. But so that there would be no dispute in relation to his lineage, Joseph was born into the line of King David. And therefore, his entitlement, our Lord's entitlement to the throne of his father David was beyond dispute. Indeed, Joseph was his guardian. But Mary could rightly say, Thy father and I have sought thee sorrowing. The son of Mary, the son of Joseph, the son of the carpenter, Mark chapter 6 and verse 3, the first part of that. Is not this the carpenter? Matthew 13, 55. Is not this the carpenter's son? Two things are brought out here. Firstly, they saw him as the carpenter's son. Secondly, they knew that he was also a carpenter. Their eyes could see their human eyes could see who he was. Oh, he's the son of Joseph. He's the son of Mary. He's the son of the carpenter. Is, that, uh, is not this the carpenter's son? Uh, their human eyes could see who he was, but their spiritual eyes were blind. And they failed to see who he really was. Even though they had heard him speak. In Matthew 13, we don't need to turn there, we haven't got time. Matthew 13, 54, he taught them. They were astonished. Whence hath this man this wisdom, they said? This man has mighty works. The same is recorded in Mark chapter 6 and verse 3 and so on. Folks, we have seen, you and I have seen the mighty works of God. Do we really believe? You know, it is said that there are no hypocrites out there. People do what they like. Hypocrites are in the church. That's where they are. People who say one thing and do another. And so, have you seen his mighty works? Do you really believe? The creator has become the carpenter. Doing wondrous works in their midst. And they did not recognize it. Praise God for the wondrous works that he's done in our midst. I'm a wondrous work. I'm saved. You are wondrous works 
those that are saved. You've been brought from darkness into light. You've been brought from a place amongst his creation. They did not recognize him. Most of the last three points I've mentioned as one. In Matthew 20, verse 31, he's called the son of David. In Luke 19, verse 9, he's called the son of Abraham. In Mark 10, 45, he's called the son of man. This indeed is his heritage. David was king. Our Lord is king of kings and lord of lords. Abraham was associated with the altar. Our Lord is our great high priest. David was heir to the crown. Abraham was heir to the land. Our Lord Jesus Christ is the heir to both crown and land. And this was gained by way of the altar of sacrifice, the cross, where he gives life that we might be saved. Our Lord Jesus Christ used this title, Son of Man, no less than 80 times, 80 times, in referring to himself in the Gospels, because he was the Son of Man given by the Father. He was representative man, the second Adam, who did not fail, but was able to say, It is finished. And as long as we live on this earth, we ought to be thankful to God for that saying. I believe it's the greatest three words ever spoken. It is finished. And so as we bring this study to a close, let us remember he is the Son of God eternally. He is the Son of the Father intimately. He is the Son of the Highest uniquely. He is the Son of the Blessed morally. He is the Son of His love affectionately. He is the Son of Mary miraculously. He is the Son of Joseph legally. He is the Son of the Carpenter practically. He is the Son of David royalty. He's the son of Abraham, prophetically. He is the son of man, dispensationally. And the Roman soldier said at his death, Truly, this was the son of God. He is the son of God, vicariously. He died for our sins, that we might live. And should there be anyone here, or listening in, and you cannot say that you're a son of God, that you have been saved. Yet Acts 16, 31 is for you. Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and thou shalt be saved. May the Lord bless his word to our hearts. Let's pray. Our gracious God and our eternal heavenly Father, again we give thee thanks for thy word. We thank thee, Father, that we have the privilege of being able to own a copy of thy word. We thank thee, Father, that we can come to a place where your word is preached without compromise. We thank thee, Father, for brothers and sisters in Christ that we can agree with and talk these things over. And so, our Father, help us to store these things in our hearts, just like Mary 
she pondered these things and kept them in her heart. Father, I do pray that you'll bless us as we close in our Saviour's precious and worthy name. Amen.